0: Production on The Batman has halted while Robert Pattinson battles COVID. Uh, While we wish him a speedy recovery, it is nice to know that the epidemic has come full circle. So that said, uh, we talked last week about how the trailer for The Batman was a lot better than we thought of. So this week, I want to talk about our geek unpopular opinions. I'm going to start this week, uh, Jar Jar Binks. I don't think that he is nearly as awful as everybody says that he is. Uh, Tabitha, what about you?
1: Um, so it's a toss-up between not hating the last season of Game of Thrones a TV show or hating Spider-Man slash Peter Parker with every fiber of my being. <laughs> um, I feel like when you go like to buy like nerd stuff, like 90% of the time Spider-Man's on it and I just I can't make it happen. So I lose out on like a lot of Marvel shirts because I refuse to wear anything with Spider-Man on them.
0: I think overall, yeah, you're probably... The Spider-Man one is more apt. I still think right now, I feel like the Game of Thrones final season i think that is the bigger unpopular opinion
1: yeah i just i i they did what they could with what they had in the time they were given and could it have been better yeah could it have been worse also yeah (laughs) did i like how it ended not really (laughs) but like it's a tv show when it comes down to it so i don't know there were like a lot of like bookish nerdy people who had a lot of strong feelings about that last season. I'm just kind of like, meh. Like <laughs> it was fine. It's fine. There were dragons and things blew up and things died. Like, I don't know what else you people wanted. So
0: <laughs> Matt, what's your uh, geek on popular opinion?
2: Um, this might be limited just to our group, um, but probably not. Um, but I like John Wick.
1: <laughs> Next week Matt will be coming to you live from a different location <laughs>
0: <laughs> and also a different podcast.
2: Oh. <laughs> I've been fired.
1: You've been fired and kicked out of your home in one day. You're having a bad day. <laughs>
0: oh. You start over? No. No. I feel like this is how supervillains start. <laughs>
1: You get kicked you lose your job and get kicked out of your house all on the same day.
0: All it takes is one bad day. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just one of those days. <laughs> <Duh>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a bad day.
2: Oh.
0: You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt,
1: Tabitha,
2: Lydia, and Pickett.
0: We're going to start with clearly the biggest news of the week. And it's still almost a week later, still cannot believe it. Uh, Chadwick Bozeman passed away last week uh, from colon cancer. He was only 43 years old, uh, best known for playing T'Challa or Black Panther. Uh, but he also played a lot of other prolific Black heroes. Uh, his first leading role was as Jackie Robinson in 42. And then he also played James Brown in Get On Up and Thur- uh, Thurgood Marshall in Marshall. I completely understand why everybody is kind of like grasping on to his role as black Panther. Uh, clearly. I mean, it was definitely his biggest role. It was definitely something that a lot of people gravitated towards. And I completely understand that. And, you know, and I'm not judging anybody for that, but man, I really hope that people also recognize these other real uh people that he portrayed you know and brought those stories to life as well
2: there were a lot of people in the online baseball community that were quite cognizant of the fact that he died the day before jackie robinson day Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is just like i didn't realize that until basically people pointed it out the next day that you know i mean he played jackie robinson and then died the day before which wow
0: which in in regular years that day was celebrated in April, you know, yeah, it's, it's celebrated very early on in the season, um. But yeah, but because of the twenty twenty, Yeah, they pushed that back. Um. But yeah, but and speaking of Jackie Robinson in forty two, um, uh, I'm gonna say this, and then we'll kind of go back, and I, you know, I want to hear you know, your thoughts and opinions. Cause I'll tell you what, like that was one of those, that's going to be one of those things that like, I remember where I was, what I was doing, you know, like when I got the notification that he had passed. Uh, but speaking of Jackie Robinson and 42 AMC has rele- has re-released 42 in 300 theaters uh, from what I could tell, not in Springfield, but it is indicator. Um, and then they're selling tickets for $5 for this special engagement. I don't know if it's just going to be for, like, another week or what. Uh, but especially if you're in Decatur and if you feel safe enough going to the theater. I mean, I, I think even though Decatur's not that far away, it's too far away for me to want to do it. If they were doing it in Springfield, I might, honestly. Yeah. But I digress. Uh, but, yeah, but I mean, just, like, what a shock, you know? Like, nobody even knew that he was sick, let alone, like, literally dying.
2: Yeah, that that was like mind-blowing like that he i mean and it's one of those things like celebrities are like they should have their privacy respected um you know and he was able to keep this out of the media which like essentially like good for him and his family that that wasn't something like that people were able to then focus on the work that he was doing and not focus on the fact that he was sick because essentially like nobody knew but like Mm -hmm. you know there's pictures that went around on the internet of him visiting kids in cancer wards and like there's those pictures are happening while he's battling his own like he's having his own fight Mm -hmm. which was amazing
0: yeah yeah completely and that just speaks again to the type of person that he was i mean you know granted like none of us knew him personally But I mean, but you could just kind of tell from interviews and things like that, that he was just a genuinely good person, you know? Uh, Yeah. And that definitely shows it. Uh, and, And I don't know, you know, how private everything was. I mean, like, did, you know, did the people at Marvel know this when they were casting him, you know? Yeah. Or anything like that? Did he disclose that? And that's not really for us to say or to judge on or anything like that, but it's just like, that's, that's incredible to be that sick and still portray one of the biggest superheroes of the last five years.
2: I read Ryan Coogler's entire statement that he took a couple of days to formulate. And from his statement, it didn't sound like, at least in a, in a capacity that he knew what was going on. So as far as the rest of Marvel... And the MCU, I don't know, but it, like I said, it sounds like Ryan Coogler was not aware like while filming Black Panther.
0: And, and that is incredible. Like the, to also to speak to the people in his life that he, that did know what was going on, that they didn't, that this didn't leak out, you know, like there are some people in Hollywood and, you know, whatever that like can't, turn left on a, you know, turn the wrong way on a one-way street without the entire world knowing, you know, but yet here's this guy who is doing this incredibly difficult battle and the world is blind to it. But yeah, but, you know, we're going to move on. We've got other happier things to talk about, but it still is just, like, I am still just, like, absolutely shocked.
1: I had to stay off the internet for a couple of days because, like, people were posting, like, their kids having, like, funerals. Mm -hmm. With, like, their action. And, like, I couldn't even look at them. Like, I would would see the top of the pose. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Gotta keep scrolling. Gotta keep scrolling.
2: (laughs) Uh, Just keep scrolling.
1: Yeah, basically. Like, I'm like, I I can't. I can't do it yet.
2: I mean, I haven't had the heart to tell the boys. Mm -hmm. It's just... So,
0: um, I talked about AMC earlier. Moving on. So, New Mutants. And I cut it out of the episode. Because I felt like a dummy. Because I made a joke about New Mutants coming out or, like, maybe never coming out on last week's episode. And then, like, (laughs) I'm editing and then I'm like, I'm, like, whenever I edit, like, part of the reason why it takes me so long to edit is because I'll, like, do five minutes worth of show and then be like, I'm going to see what's on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, if I just hid my cell phone from, from me for, like, an hour, it would be up and done and ready to go, but I am who I am. Anyway, so, uh, like, as I'm editing, I see somebody, like, check in, like, that they're watching New Mutants, and I'm like, but how? They haven't released it yet. And then I'm like, oh, they did release it. I'm a dummy. So I edited out my bad New Mutants joke so I wouldn't sound like an idiot, and then here I am letting the whole world know, and you know what? I'm going to leave this one in. Whatever. It's fine. uh, New Mutants finally was released last week uh, with about 62% of theaters open and of those um, having 50% or less capacity. So all that said, uh, New Mutants won the weekend with $7 million, which oh wow! in normal, in normal times I'd be like, oh wow, we are never getting another X-Men movie ever again but all things considered it's a pretty good success. Um Bill and Ted brought in 1.06 million but it was also released on video on demand streaming services. So oh. that's not taken into account. Uh so AMC, uh, and I'm focusing on that because that's what's local to us, uh, is operating at 40% capacity or less to encourage social distancing, um, and masks are required at all times unless you're eating or drinking. So I guess what I kind of want to ask you guys, like...
1: I just, like, the whole time you're in the theater, you're,
0: like... Snacking. (laughs) Snacking. True. (laughs) Well, sometimes... Sometimes you have, like, too much popcorn and then you're like, I'm done. And then, like, 15, 20 minutes later you forget that you made that to for yourself yeah. and then you uh-huh. have your popcorn. So, I mean, so there are some periods where you're not eating or drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, my question to you guys, uh, are either of these movies enough to make you want to go back to the movie theaters yet?
2: And if no. not, what is, you know, like,
0: what is going to be? <clears throat>
2: For me, no, neither of these is no. enough. I mean, I I know what is. It's going to be November. Mm. It's going to be the new James Bond. Yeah. Because I'm going to have to see that. In the theater. The, the theater on the big mm-hmm. screen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, I'm not, like, I haven't been inside of a restaurant. Like, I am, like, I'm not, com- like, I'm comfortable with the people that I know that I've been around because I know what they've they've done and where they've been like but i haven't really been inside anyone else's home like i'm not gonna like if i'm not gonna go inside my friend's house or if i'm gonna go inside my friend's house to go to the bathroom and like basically lice all the shit out of myself before i go in i'm not gonna go into a movie theater right now with a bunch of idiots because that's surrounded by is a bunch of idiots Yeah. <laughs> like if I had some kind of guarantee that the theater had like been cleaned right before and it was like 10 people that I knew exactly where they had been for like the last week okay but you yeah. can't do that so I'm yeah. like James Bond is going to be the thing that puts me in the theater again yeah I'm... and then I'm going to be real paranoid yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna be there in like a full hazmat suit
1: if I can get one <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: I'm pretty sure they're on Amazon
1: Give myself a beekeeper suit.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm I'm in a little bit different position. I definitely see where you're coming from. But for me, I work in a restaurant uh, that is open for dine-in seating. I've been with the public, you know, like. So while these two movies aren't necessarily the ones to get me back into the theaters, I kind of feel like I'm in a position where it's like, I'm probably going to get it soon anyway. So um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that said, I mean, I'm not being irresponsible. I'm still trying to take as many precautions as possible. Um, I mean, I have, I have gone to other dining in establishments, you know, uh, not often, but uh, you know, but yeah. So like, I, I feel like, I don't know. I think Wonder Woman might be my first venture back into the theaters whenever she gets released. <laughs> not even that. no.
1: I'm, like, and I'm, like, not being, like, a paranoid patty about it, but, like, every time that someone that we know, someone that we work with gets it, our entire lives get disrupted for two weeks. Yeah, true. So, when that happens, like, I just get really frustrated with humans in general, always, (laughs) and this is just, (laughs) this is making my hatred of the human race, like, way worse than it already was, because, like you're going out and you're like doing things and that's fine. Like as long as you're being responsible, but there are people that are just,
2: just not not
1: being responsible. And like, I have no fear of like myself getting sick. That's not my worry. It would be me getting sick and then passing it on to someone else whose health is not great and Mm -hmm. could not take it. And then like, do I really want to be the person who kills my coworker who probably has lung cancer? Like, no, not really. I don't really want that on my conscience. So.
0: Right. And that's yeah and that's exactly where I'm at with it too like I'm I'm reasonably certain that like if I were to get it like I'd be okay but like especially if I'm like asymptomatic or whatever and I go and yeah. how many people do I pass it on to I wait on a lot of old people you know yeah <laughs> um Matt you remember our clientele like oh I do <laughs> yeah. yeah so like <laughs> I'd feel awful if I got, like, one of my regulars sick. Like, oh, hey, Mitch, we haven't seen you in six months. Yeah, I got you a present. It's called COVID. Um, (laughs) But, anyway. But, yeah, but that said, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I do like, because there was a short period of time where AMC was like, eh, we're not going to enforce masks. Screw masks. Those are my words, not theirs. But um, I'm glad that they backtracked that, and they were like, you know what? No, don't screw masks. Wear them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, got a quick press release before we do some reviews. Uh, we talked a while back about Vault's upcoming reader, Young Readers imprint called Myriad. Uh, now they've announced a new name for the imprint. It's going to be called Wonderbound. Um, it's going to publish sci-fi, fantasy, and spooky graphic novels aimed mostly at middle-grade readers. Uh, it's going to launch in the summer of 2021 with the previously announced titles Rassel Castle and The Unfinished Corner. Uh, there are going to be two other titles uh, that are going to join them, and those are going to be announced shortly. The first book that we're going to talk about uh, tonight is called My Riot. It's out October 20th from Oni Press. It's by Rick Spears and Emmett Helen. Uh, so, it takes place in the early 90s, and Val used to dream about becoming a ballerina. Uh, as a teenager, things start to change, and she meets Kat and Rudy. Uh, the three start an all-girl punk band and create a movement. Matt, what do you think about this one?
2: I love this. This was fantastic. I know that we've read a few other things in the past that have a more monochromatic um, palette. Mm-hmm. I'm using all sorts of big words right now. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> and And in some cases, it bothers me in some cases, um, I really enjoy it and with this, i really I loved it, um, especially the fact that there were certain scenes where like the focal characters were almost like blocked out in white, um, and the rest of the, like the rest of the scene was like one color um, and I like that because it just like it made it easier to focus on those particular characters without detracting from the story. I don't know. This was, I know it kind of had a, not, not a heavy message, but like a strong message. Um, But I still felt it was kind of like a lighter look at this. And I really, I don't know. I just really enjoyed this like pretty much from beginning to end.
0: Yeah. Uh, And I definitely, that was one of the notes that I took about going back to the uh, monochromatic palette, I believe is what you said. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That usually bugs me as well. But I felt that, like, it really felt right with the uh, kind of punk aesthetic of this whole story and everything. So I was like, it just, it, it was perfect for it. Yeah. Um, Tabitha, what do you think?
1: I am not finished with this yet. I'm actually actively reading it while you guys are talking. Um, <laughs> not that I'm ignoring you, but I'm ignoring you. Uh, I also tend to not super enjoy the, like, monochromatic palette. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like you found our episode title. Uh, but uh, I like this. Like, I like this a lot so far. Like, the message, I feel like they're going to do a really good job with it. Like I said, I'm not to the end yet. I'm only about halfway. Um, we've read things before that center around, like, eating disorders, and I've had problems reading them. But this one, like, it's, it's kind of like a background message instead of, like, the main message. So... I'm I'm enjoying this. I need I want to get to the end and see how everything is handled, but so far I am really liking this.
2: Oh. There's really many different topics this like addresses too, mm-hmm. like it does. It like it touches on the eating disorders. It touches on like social injustice, and I, I like early on I wasn't sure what the final message was going to be from this. Um. And when you get to the end, like, there's a lot of little messages to be taken from this one.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, you're absolutely right. There are a lot of issues and things that are covered in this. And that does kind of tie into the one thing that I'm not even going to call it a gripe. But if I were to have some kind of gripe about this book, uh, I do feel like it kind of skipped over a couple of moments uh, because it was trying to fit in so many different Mm. things. And yeah. I, there was one in particular, I'm not going to spoil it, but that was just kind of like, wow, I really wished I had seen this, you know, or I had seen more of this. Uh, but I mean, that said, it's uh, yeah, I agree. I absolutely loved it. I thought that it captures the punk community really well. Um, especially when she is first uh, getting introduced to the punk scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, that reminded me of a couple of my first punk shows, you know, and just, you know, <laughs> how the, how overall the community is very, you know, welcoming and whatever, you know, like uh, there's one part where she's in the middle of the mosh pit and she gets knocked down and somebody, you know, helps her up. And that's like, I've seen that so many times in real life, you know? Um, I like how it's set in the nineties, but it's kind of timeless. You know, there are some little things in there that make it obvious that it takes place in the past. But if you're not super paying attention, it's kind of timeless. And I think mm-hmm. that uh, the themes that uh, are included in there are also timeless. You know, I, I feel like for me, the the biggest one for, you know, is just Val, like, you know, like finding herself, you know, figuring out who she is and how she's not the person that she always thought she was going to be. To be
1: real with you, didn't know it was in the 90s. So definitely timeless. <laughs> 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 <No. Okay. laughs> i'm like what do you mean the 90s i'm on page
0: 50 (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i think there are a couple i think it dates itself a little bit more later on um and i i think you'll see that uh again that's not really spoiling anything but uh but yeah but absolutely absolutely love this one um also, out October thir- uh, 13th, also from Oni Press, is The Wizard. Uh, it's by Michael Sweater and Rachel Dukes. So, uh, a wizard is having a peaceful day until Princess Wallace comes asking, uh, demanding, uh, help finding ingredients for the wish granting potion. Uh, Tabitha, what did you think about this one?
1: This was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> So like normally like I'm a really bad reader of graphic novels and stuff. Like I know who I am because I'm like, ooh, dialogue. Glance at the picture. Dialogue. Glance at the picture. I kept like zooming in. Like if this had been like a real book, I would have been like, where's Waldoing it? Because I kept like zooming in and I was like, Oh, that's funny. Or like there's a pig selling a lot like a ham. Like this is just like there was such there was such amazing stuff happening in the background of all this art but it didn't take away from like the super fantastic story and like the wizard and their handling of princess wallace when she would not shut up i'm like stop (laughs) talking i'm like how many times have i wanted to say that like literally everyone ever stop talking um it was a cute little adventure it was very diverse and not like in a hi we're being diverse kind of way it was just like Diverse characters living their mm-hmm. diverse lives, and nobody had to think about it. And this was just this. Was, this was great. Like I want more. I want to know where they go. I want to know where their adventure mm-hmm. goes. I want the wizard to tell Wallace to shut up and stop talking like four more times. Like it's just this was this was.
0: Yeah, like it, I agree. It was it was a cute. It was a fun story. Uh, I like that it didn't take itself super seriously. Um, there are a lot of jokes that are going to make you groan, um, and that's always mm-hmm. a plus in my book uh early on i was like i kind of saw myself in the wizard's shoes i was like kind of thinking that i was like the wizard but then as the story goes on more and more i feel like i'm more like wallace um (laughs) there was one scene in particular where the wizard goes like what's wrong with you and wallace just kind of like just shrugs like (laughs) like I've literally done that. <laughs> Someone has asked me that question and I've done exactly that. So whatever. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, I, I, I want more and I feel like this definitely sets up for more. Um, and I'm excited for that. Matt, what'd you think?
2: Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely agree with you that it sets up and I feel like there's going to be more coming um, because as much as this is a complete story, this could go on. And I kind of would like to know, like, the further adventures of this motley crew like they're just they're they're a fun group Uh, honestly i think my only like i had two small two smaller writers and one of them is honestly just the fact that because we got a preview digital issue is that there are some two-page spreads that i really Mm -hmm. just wish i could see the whole thing together instead of having to swipe back and forth Mm -hmm. and i did that a couple of times when i realized it was a two-page spread um I would, I would, I would look at one, I'd go back and I'd go back and forth a couple of times just to like take in everything that was in those scenes. And I still, you know, didn't catch everything. I know that there's more to it. the only other thing is the, um, did you catch the thing with the wizard beard and the scarf? That that was a little weird for me. Um, I think I missed that. So the entire first, I don't know, third of the book, Um, the wizard is just like, you see nose, nose between nose and hat and the wizard's wearing a scarf and then the wizard goes to prison and the wizard has a beard and I'm like, wizard has a brown beard and black hair. Doesn't match kind of weird. And then all of a sudden like the wizard finds it's like their gear and puts the, the scarf back on and the beard's gone. Like it's hidden underneath this scarf. I'm like, I don't know. It just it would just seemed a little weird. Like at that point, like why have the beard?
1: I think they did that on purpose. Yeah. Like I think it was a purpose, like genderless kind of thing.
2: No. Oh. Trying yeah. to obtain a like. Okay.
1: A reaction to that because like when you, I mean, the wizard identif- identifies as they. Like and, true, everyone yeah. around says they. But like, I think it was like a like a. Little pokey pokey about like
2: yeah that makes sense
1: like ginger gin, ginger norms
2: no nope. <laughs> ginger norms <laughs> it's not ginger, a reddit
1: ginger right? norms
2: what about
0: what about posh norms scary norms baby norms
1: that just sounds like sporty, little... <laughs> sporty norms <laughs> that I'm impressed that you know a Spice Girl um, <laughs> but baby norms I just keep thinking about Norm from Cheers but in baby norms <laughs> <laughs>
2: sitting at the end of the bar. <laughs>
0: Drinking from, like, a pint of milk.
1: <laughs> like a bottle of beer, like an actual, like, baby
0: bottle. That's what's in my
1: head right now, because you said baby, baby norms. norms.
0: <laughs> All right. This is what we're doing now, guys. After the show, we're going to create a new, uh, new series. It's going to be just like the Muppet Babies, but it's going to be the Cheers Babies.
1: Yes! I'm here for it. Let's do it. <laughs> it's the moment I've been waiting for.
0: <laughs> We have found our calling. (laughs) Uh, The last book we're going to review tonight is on sale September 16th from vault. Uh, it's called heavy. It's by Max Bemis, Eric Donovan, Chris, Peter, Taylor Esposito, and Tim Daniel. Uh, so bill is the main character in this story and he's dead, but before he can reunite with the woman he loves, uh, he must work as a heavy policing the multiverse. Uh, So one thing that I knew going into it was that Max Bemis definitely has a way with words. Uh, It's proven during his time in the band Say Anything. Uh, I've only recently started to read his comic work, but I was really, really excited to be able to review Heavy. Uh, And that said, I mean, I love the crap out of this book. Um, I thought that it had a great combination of action, humor, and storytelling uh, to set up a fun ride. Uh, I also love the, this idea of purgatory, where it's kind of like you basically have to work your way up to heaven, and it's not just, hey, you're in nothing. Um, there are some predictable moments in, uh, with this book, but there is one part, and I'm not going to spoil it for you, but Matt, I know you read it as well. I'm going to get your opinion on <laughs> the book in general um, in a second. Even though there are a couple of predictable moments, uh, I, I guarantee there is something in there that you're gonna see that you've never thought you would see that you would see in a comic or any other medium. I think you know oh. which part I'm talking about. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I think I gotta pretty to you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, but yeah, I cannot wait for this book. Uh, this is definitely going on my personal poll list. I I just I loved every second of it from beginning to end. Uh, Matt, what did you think?
2: This I really enjoyed. Um, I love the idea. I love the premise. Um, the art was cool. Um, it was almost like an interesting mix of kind of like a like a noir and a sci-fi kind of vibe to it. Um, I, I did. I also enjoyed the idea of the purgatory and basically like earning your way out, mm-hmm. and that there's different things that they can do as a heavy to. Uh, I forget the term that they used to like essentially earn more credit basically Mm -hmm. towards, you know, moving on. Honestly, the only thing that I didn't really care for is that there's one point early on um, where like, we know that the main character is a heavy and what they do. He explains that right off the bat. Um, I really didn't need, and it was, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I didn't need the, Description of all the other types of characters um, that exist. Yeah. But if they're going to play a future role, then more power to them for including that. Um, But at least on the first read through of this first issue, it just seemed like extra information Mm -hmm. that I didn't really need for this part of the story. All right. Let's do some gut reaction. Oof.
0: Gut reaction. And we're going to start tonight with Matt. Uh, you've got a trailer for The Stand.
2: I do. So, December 17th on CBS All Access, a limited series of 10 episodes um, of an adaptation of Stephen King's The Stand uh, is going to be available. Um, it was previously adapted in 1994 in a four episode miniseries. Um, this particular series is written, directed, and produced by Josh Boone, who most famously has done The New Mutants. Um, so, I, you know, we don't really know much about The New Mutants other than the fact that it hit theaters this week. Um, <laughs> but uh, the stand includes uh, Alexander Skarsgård, Whoopi Goldberg, James Marsden, Amber Heard, Heather Graham, and I didn't know he was still around, Greg Kinnear. Oh wow! Right, <laughs> I was at the I'm, like, I'm like, I can't even think the last thing that I saw Greg Kinnear do. But you know, um, the trailer looks interesting. It's just a teaser, so there's not much to the trailer itself. Um, I've not read the stand. Um, I'm gonna go thumb sideways just because I know the book is really long, and ten episodes probably does it more justice than four. Um, I'm still just kind of on the fence on whether I would sit and watch all 10 episodes of this right now.
0: I'm also going to go thumb thumb Sideways. Uh, it's, I don't think it's for me, but that said, I mean, the star power is, it's there. So, I mean, I think it has potential to be really good. Tabitha.
1: Where has Heather Graham been also? Like, where? <laughs> have, stuck, Heather Graham You're been on, like, their own island, like, with no one around. Like, I don't <laughs> understand. I have not read The Stand. The Stand is one of those Stephen King novels where I look at it because I own it. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, that's a lot. So maybe not. Um, And that's kind of the way I feel about this. Like every time someone tries to adapt Stephen King, it doesn't go well. I can't think (laughs) of the last time I enjoyed like wholeheartedly a Stephen King adaptation. Like the new It movies are fine. I don't view them as an adaptation of It though. Like, it's just like, hey, we took your characters and some of your story. Have a nice day. Like, I don't <laughs> feel like anything ever does a Stephen King book justice. And, well, I miss Greg Kinnear because I, I did love Greg Kinnear. But, like, I, I don't care who you put in it. I don't think it's probably going to go well. Because did anybody watch Under the Dome? Because you shouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> or 112263 on Hulu because you also shouldn't have done that. Um, I'm going to go thumbs down. I just don't have any faith anymore. I've lost all hope.
0: Stephen <laughs> <laughs> King adaptations or just in general?
1: I mean, it's 2020, so in general, but especially in Stephen King adaptations, because I was angry when I was thinking about Under the Dome, and then I remembered they tried to do Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three 63 with James Franco, and now I just want to burn something. <laughs> Mostly James Franco. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Tabitha, you got a trailer on bookmarks?
1: I do. This is so wholesome and great. So Netflix released their trailer and now it's actually out because it premiered September 1st, um, for, uh, bookmarks celebrating black voices. It's a live action preschool series aiming to educate and entertain children on the black experience. Um, the show is going to be hosted by 15 year old uh, Marley Diaz who is the founder, author and social activist behind 1000 black girl books. Um, She's also executive producing, so, I mean, this 15-year-old is doing more in, like, her 15 years than I've done my whole life. Um, There's 12 episodes, uh, Lupita Nyong'o, Tiffany Haddish, Common, and Karamo Brown are some of the characters that are, or characters, Uh, the... uh, I mean, they're
2: kind of characters. Yeah, you're not
1: wrong. Uh, (laughs) People who are hosting, and basically, it's just, it's a story time, and they're either reading a book that means something to them, or reading their own book, like in Karamo's case, he's reading his book, I Am Perfectly Designed. It's like a big story hour on Netflix. This is just super great. And then on top of it, Netflix will be donating those books to educators across the country so kids can actually physically have a book and watch the show if they're using it for like a classroom or teaching device. So it also to some international locations. So this is just, this is all the thumbs up, like more thumbs than I have up. Like this is what we need. We need books. We need more diverse voices. We need more black authors. We need more black people in the community. Like like basically preaching about literacy because it just doesn't happen ever. So this is just, this is fantastic.
2: All thumbs up. Matt. I really don't have anything to add for this, except for I'm probably going to skip and read the, or watch the Karamo episode first because of who I am. Um, But huge thumbs up. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Same thumbs up. This is just a phenomenal idea. Uh, So Quibi, which produces short form content meant for cell phones
1: he pulled out his copy of I Am Perfectly Designed by Carago Brown because Matt, of course, has It's,
2: it's a side copy. <laughs> I don't know
1: what you want from me. <laughs> he has a type. It's
0: all right. <laughs> so um, Quibi produces short-form content meant for cell phones. Uh, they recently screen- screened their thriller series The, Str- uh, the Stranger at a drive-in. Uh, episodes were stitched together as a feature, divided by time cards for each episode. Uh, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. Uh, on the one hand, good for Quibi for doing something to kind of get their name more out there, because it's I feel like it's a streaming service that people are going to forget about real quick, uh, about as long as one of their episodes. Uh, but at the same time, it's like it gets the thumb sideways for me because it's like you're supposed to have short episodes designed for your cell phone but you have a long episode on a really 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 big screen tv so that's weird so thumbs sideways tabitha um
1: yeah i don't understand the whole quibi thing like the quibi is like one issue comics for me like how am i supposed to remember what's going to happen and also how am i supposed to be engaged in something in 10 minutes it's just not possible (laughs) so i'm just i'm gonna go thumbs down
2: matt I am also going to go thumbs down because this seems incredibly contradictory. Do you want short episodes on a small screen or do you want one big, long episode on a big screen?
1: Cause then you're you, just a movie company.
2: <laughs> you, need, you need to pick yeah. like not, not both.
0: Yeah. Uh, I will say before we move on, because um, I have a free year subscription with Quibi. I got it through my cell phone provider. Um, and uh, so, like, the only thing that I've tried on it is this, sh- uh, like, cooking show. It's hosted by uh, Titus Burgess, where basically it's called – oh, man, what is, what's it called? Um, eh, whatever. But anyway, so two contestants stand in this, like, pod or whatever, and the dish that they're – dish that's what it's called. So, like, uh, they stand in this pod, and the dish that they're supposed to create gets exploded, like, and they're blindfolded. So it gets exploded all over them and all over the pod. And they have to figure out what the ingredients are or whatever and then try to make what it is. It's good TV for like the seven to ten minutes or however long each episode is. (laughs) It's really cool. It's the only thing that I've really experienced with Quibi, but I like it. But anyway, moving (laughs) on. Um, Matt, uh, we've got kind of a breaking-ish trailer today for Super Mario 3D All-Stars.
2: We do. Um, So yeah, this was announced... Uh, today. Um, Nintendo has announced that Super Mario 3D All-Stars is going to be available for the Switch. <clears throat> it is going to include Mario Six, Super Mario 64, Super Mario Galaxy, and Super Mario Sunshine being released September 18th. Um, it's got optimized versions of all the games, uh, including an in, in in-game music player mode that will allow you to play the songs from all three of the games um at this point it's got you know updated for the switch so rumble with the controllers um motion controls will be included uh higher resolution uh right now it looks like it's only going to be available digitally with a limited physical release um the ign where i got the article was trying to confirm with nintendo that at some point if there will be a larger physical release. Um, I kind of hope so because I don't know that anybody's going to find a switch before March, (laughs) Um, you know, when this apparently digital release goes away, but uh, this would, I mean, I, I loved these games in the past. I think it'd be fun to play them again. Um, So I'm going to go thumbs up on this because more Mario games for the Nintendo, I think is always a good idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah, thumbs up. Uh, the more Mario, the better. Oh, uh, Tabitha. I
1: hate you. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go thumb sideways. I could never play the Mario games. I can't. I can't video game, guys. It's just not who I am. But I'm happy for everybody else. So thumb sideways. <laughs> uh.
0: So from now until October 31st, Batman, voiced by the animated series Kevin Conroy or the Riddler voiced by Batman Arkham's, uh, Wally Wingnet or wingert, uh, wing What is that? Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, can navigate you on ways. Uh, the app will also let you change the car icon to the Batmobile or the Riddler's, uh, racer, as well as, uh, there are playlists from Spotify, uh, called ride with, ba- or sorry, drive with Batman or drive with Riddler, uh, you guys are now figuring out how awful my handwriting is and how sometimes I can't read it. Uh, <laughs> definite thumbs up. I know Waze has done similar things in the past. Um, and I know this kind of ties in with Batman day, which is coming up later this month. Uh, but yeah, it, I mean, I personally don't use Waze, but if I did, I would be all over this thumbs up Tabitha. I
1: also don't use Waze. And I think like, this might be enough to make me get it, but also I would hate to really just be that person that's driving and you disappoint Batman with your skills and it's like Batman yelling at you to take a U-turn because that <laughs> inevitably happens to me. So I don't want to disappoint Batman. Like, and then I would just feel bad about it. I would rather just my normal car voice like, be like, hey, you moron, you missed your turn. Like,
0: <laughs> you have no problem disappointing voice. Siri.
1: No, because she disappoints me every day. True. Because I can have my phone five feet from me upstairs, and I can say, hey, Siri, and notice how it didn't work, and nothing, nothing will happen. And there's 50 Apple devices upstairs, and I can yell down the stairs to our Google and scream at a normal tone of voice, hey, Google, and it will tell me anything I want. Like, it just lit up right now.
2: So it's <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh matt um i have used Waze in the past um i don't think i've used Waze since i switched to apple um because the inherent the uh, maps app for apple um but this would i mean having batman and being able to change my car into the Bat- batmobile Almost makes me want to, like, download this and use this. Um, I'm going to go thumbs up because I love when you can do stuff like this. Like, when, uh, what, you could use Morgan Freeman? Mm-hmm. Was it Morgan Freeman was on Waze for yeah. a while? Like that. I, I, I mean, at that point, I was using Waze, and I definitely had Morgan Freeman giving me directions. So. <laughs> so
0: uh, last week, we talked about, Thor crossing over over with uh, Fortnite, uh, or Thornite, if you will. Uh, there is another Fortnite crossover uh, as part of the uh, quote unquote post-credit scene in Wolverine number five. Additionally, Marvel announced Fortnite variant covers for various titles in September and October, including Avengers, Fantastic Four, Thor, Captain America, Captain Marvel, X Men, Iron Man. Uh, there are others that I didn't list. I said thumbs down last week. I'm still saying thumbs down. I don't want this crossover, and I'm really, really, really worried that they're going to make an event out of it next year or something. And in that case, I'm going to um, go strictly DC for a while. I'm (laughs) lying, but whatever. Uh, Tabitha?
1: Yeah, no. Thumbs down. I don't understand the Fortnite thing anyway, and if I have to watch one more kid dance like that, I'm going to blow my own brains out. So (laughs) I'm just... Just no,
2: make it stop. <clears throat> Matt. Um, I, I know that probably part of the reason for this is to see if they can get kids that play Fortnite to actually read something. Um,
1: but There's got to be a better way to do that. So. <laughs> that's exactly the
2: thing. There's got to be a better way to do this than tainting Marvel superheroes with Fortnite dances and costumes. So thumbs down.
0: <clears throat> All right, so the last story for gut reaction uh so guys 2020 has been a tough year and uh, we have gotten something a little bit better with it Uh, there's been a flashback to a simpler time uh 2006 with the return of Kelly aka Liam Sullivan uh and her new song Masks uh which is a throwback to her classic Shoes oh my god Shoes um (laughs) So this was released, uh, two days ago. It already has over 660,000 views on YouTube. Uh, at least three of those are mine. Um, but if you guys haven't seen it yet, it's, it's great. It's fantastic. I loved every second of it. It was just what I needed. Um, yeah, and it even I even had to go back and rewatch Shoes because I hadn't seen that in years. Um, yeah, it was wonderful. Thumbs up, giant thumbs up, Tabitha. Uh,
1: so we had to have a little moment because Matt didn't know what Kelly and Shoes was. What I know <laughs> that rock Matt's been under is just such a big rock. Um, that,
0: that was like one of the like the founding like viral videos. Like I know.
1: That was, like, peak college time for me, too. And, and like, I had a friend named Stacy who worked in the shoe department at Macy's. So we were always, like, oh, my God, Stacy, shiz. Shiz, Ben, shiz. Like, all the time. Like, everybody. Like, nobody would ever let it go. And, like, we would be, like, this shit sucked. Like, we would just walk into Macy's to mess with Stacy and, like, sing the whole song. Like, it was amazing. So someone had never seen it. So we watched that one first so he would have, like, a frame of reference. Like, I love this it's this what we need like come back Kelly do a video for every stupid thing that happens and just make it a little less annoying like I, I love it thumbs up so happy
0: um, to kind of piggyback on that before we get to Matt uh, for a while um, whenever I would move like whatever box my shoes were in would be labeled shoes and then in parentheses oh my god shoes um, yeah.
1: I have 100% done that exact same
0: thing. (laughs) (laughs) How am I not surprised? Uh, Matt. (laughs)
2: Uh, Yeah, I was under a rock, so I didn't know this was a thing. Um, But this is fantastic. Definitely one of those things we need this year as things are the way they are. So thumbs up.
0: Uh, A few other things to talk about. Uh, Matt, let's talk about HBO and
2: Sphere. So I don't know if y'all remember, but back in 1998... Um, the Michael Crichton book Sphere was adapted into a movie. Um, kind of like everything anymore, they're like redoing adaptations, and because you know Hollywood has no new ideas. Um, so HBO is redoing Sphere. It's going to be a series. Uh, run. The showrunner is going to be Westworld writer and producer Denise Thay. She is going to be working on adapting the series. Uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s, Team Downey, and Warner Brothers Television are attached as production companies. Uh, The book follows a team of scientists who are dispatched to a deep-sea research facility where the U.S. Navy has discovered a massive spacecraft sitting on the bottom of the ocean. This was probably the second Michael Crichton book I ever read, um, because I read Jurassic Park first and then realized how amazing that was and read everything else he'd written. Um, this is weird and trippy and sci-fi to the nth degree. Um, I hope that they do this justice because the movie was lacking. Um, and it is definitely one of my favorite Michael Crichton books. So I don't know. I have hopes for this considering that somebody who's attached to Westworld. um, is working on this because I, I still haven't watched the rest of Westworld, but that first season was kind of mind blowing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Like I said, I have high hopes that this will be done, done well and we'll get that, you know, trippy sci-fi feel that this should have.
0: Yeah. Agreed. The, I I've never read um, that book, but uh, but yeah, from your description on it, I feel like somebody who's done Westworld is in like the is the right person for something like this yeah um speaking of literature um tabitha let's talk about channing tatum's new book
1: uh so channing tatum has written a children's book titled the one and only sparkella and has dedicated it to his six-year-old daughter everly I was going to read the dedication that he put in, but like, I tried to read it like twice at work and it kept making me choke up and like tear up so I had to stop. So go hunt that down on your own. I'm not doing it. Um, but it is a picture book illustrated by Kim Barnes that will be published on May 4th of 2021. Um, it tells the story of Ella, who is like obsessed with all things sparkly. And she goes in on her first day of school and gets teased about it. But then her dad encourages her to wear all the sparkly things, like, head to toe, and she ends up encouraging the other kids to embrace their own individuality. Um, It's going to be part of an ongoing series about Sparkella, and, like, this is just, this is so wholesome and so cute, and, like, Channing Tatum did, like, a little, like, dress up as Sparkella, and it was real adorable, and, like, I don't have any, like, I don't have any feelings about Channing Tatum, like, I don't think he's... God's gift or anything but like I think he's a decent human being and like this is so cute and I just want to read the Spark Ellen books because it's cute.
0: Now is the dad in this book, is his name Mike? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, okay so here's the thing about Magic Mike. I watched that movie and if they had taken out the dancing in that movie I would have enjoyed that movie. Like I am the exact opposite of every other person of my identified gender but like if they would have taken out the dancing that would have been a really good movie but then there was like all that like dancing and i'm just like no, i don't like this like this is this is <laughs> like a musical without the singing like what do you people like at least can i get some songs but yeah <laughs> i have a lot of feelings about magic mike because i love the plot of the film but i didn't like the dancing like i don't
0: know okay so when we get done with cheers babies let's write magic mike the musical
1: okay <laughs> i'm down
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, else?
1: what else are we doing with our time? We can't leave the house.
0: Yeah, you're right. So, uh, Matt, let's switch uh, to the three-body problem.
2: So, um, yep, it's back there behind okay, you. Okay, I was
1: like, oh, we have that book.
2: Yep, yep. Um, so, Lou Cixin, his book, The Three-Body Problem, which is the first of a trilogy, um, is be- it's a sci-fi book that's being adap- adapted for a series by Netflix. Um, We know the track record that Netflix has essentially with pretty much anything that they do. Um, I mean, they hit the adaptation for um, haunting. uh, Blind Manor. Well, Blind Manor's is coming.
1: The haunting. The haunting. Yes.
2: (laughs) Um, Even though it was a different story, like they just, you know, they made a literal adaptation and they hit that one out of the park. Um, This one, we have some pretty big names attached to it for production. Uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, infamously known for their run um, with Game of Thrones, is attached. Um, Ryan Johnson has been named as a producer. Plan B Entertainment is helping with this. And then also Primitive Streak, which is Rosamund Pike's production company. So... I mean, I can't name off the top of my head anything that Plan B has done recently, but I know like I know the name. So like we've got some pretty big names going on. Um, Ken Liu, who is probably the most popular um, Asian sci fi author out there right now, um, he did the English translation for this book. And both he and Cishing are listed as producers. So that begs like you know, that that makes me think that, like, having the authors and the translator, like, being attached to this is, is you know, definitely one of those good things. Um, we have no production schedule, no actors, but, you know, again, it's Netflix, so we'll get a trailer, and then two weeks later, the show will debut. That oral <laughs> debut in the middle of the trailer, like. Right? <laughs> like, trailer, trailer. Oh, wait, why is this a 35-minute trailer? Oh, it's the show. Um, <laughs> so... I haven't read this yet. I have it on the shelf. I want to. Um, It's a era spanning sci-fi epic. Um, The the description on the article was basically set against the backdrop of China's cultural revolution. A secret military project sends signals into space to establish contact with aliens. An alien civilization on the brink of destruction captures the signal and plans to invade earth. Meanwhile on earth, different camps start forming, planning to either welcome the superior beings and help them take over a world seen as corrupt or fight against the invasion. So this is going to be incredibly grand in scope, Um, but sounds cool. So I don't know, hope for the best, but again, it's Netflix. So Mm -hmm. how many things have they done wrong since they started producing original content or adaptation content?
0: Yeah, it's it's few and far between, definitely. Right.
2: Definitely.
0: So, um, Tabitha, there was something about a jetpack.
1: So this was like my favorite news of like ever. So last Sunday, American Airlines Flight nineteen ninety seven contacted air traffic control in LAX in Los Angeles, and literally just said, "We just passed a guy in a jetpack." <laughs> So Tower responded with, okay, thank you. Were they to your left or right-hand side instead of, what? (laughs) Which is why I can't be an air traffic controller because you said something like that to me. And I'm like, huh? (laughs) What? Um, So more pilots started like reporting in saying that they were seeing the same thing. And then all of a sudden, just gone. Jetpack guy is gone. Um, the FBI and the FFA have begun an investigation, but no one has been identified as this mysterious jetpacker. Uh, my guess is super villain in training or a superhero who has just, like, come into their powers and is trying to figure it out. Not real sure. But, like, what do you do with that as the pilot of that plane? Like, hey guys, gotta get a jetpack up here. Like, what do you, what, like... How do you even, like, I don't know. So,
0: like, yeah. how high up were they, like?
1: They were about, they were landing. Like, they were coming into land, but they were circling. Um, okay. I think it said they were, at, like, hold on, and I will have that, that information for you, because I remember seeing it, because I was like, how high are they? Like, is, is that even possible? Can you live? I don't know. I don't know anything about space and breathing. Um, reported that they saw the person at about 900 meters, so about 3,000 feet. Wow. Yep, just jetpacking along.
2: Maybe, yeah, I was going to say, I had to clarify this, I had to Google search it, but there was a band for a while it was called We Were Promised Jetpacks. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he was either a fan or a member of the band.
1: <laughs> they finally got his
2: jetpack. Yeah. <laughs> we Were Promised Jetpacks and I'm going to have it.
1: But, like, they were, like, near the airport, like, and LAX is, like, an interna- like a huge international airport. Like, How do you just miss a guy on a jetpack? Like... <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. Like happy, I whatever. But yeah, they can't find the mysterious jetpacker, and I like that. Like, if it had just been the one guy from the American Airlines like, like okay, oh, hey, whatever. Like Steve's having a bad day, but like, <laughs> like a JetBlue like pilot saw him and was like, "Hey guys, there's a jetpacker out here." Like, I just, what do you do with that? And, like, obviously, jetpacks are expensive, and, I mean, they exist, but, like, I don't know. My thought, my first thought, I won't lie, was, like, oh, my God, who let Elon Musk have a day off?
0: Like... literally <laughs> just about to mention Elon Musk. <laughs> yeah,
1: That's who I was like, who let him have a day off? Because you know he's like, hey, look what I got, like...
0: He sure was the Rocketeer. Oh,
1: my God, right. That,
0: too. <laughs> Alright, so, I'm gonna apologize in advance for this last story. So... Uh so the song that has everyone buzzing right now is by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Um and it's called WAP, which if my if my research is correct, WAP is a song about cats, I think like taking a bath or getting caught in the rain or something like that.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I hate you.
0: So <laughs> Uh, none other than Andrew Lloyd Weber. First off, Andrew Lloyd Weber is on TikTok. Let that sink in, first of all. <laughs> Second of you
1: know, all, this whole thing lost me.
0: <laughs> uh, did, did you guys see this? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> so uh, So he released this TikTok and he's dancing like every grandma ever. And yep. then, and then out of nowhere, just starts like banging on the keys, you know, like making like this huge, big epic, and then it's cut off because that's what TikTok does. Um, but like, I like, I tried to listen to the whole version of uh, Worship and Prayer, but like, I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I I could not listen to it. Uh, I couldn't get through the entire song. I whooped the entire version of this version of wear our pants
1: so what's really funny is that the like the day after this song released or the video or whatever i had to explain to a coworker uh because she's like i don't understand why it's called w-a-p but what they're saying is not it's w-a-m so shouldn't it like in the edited version shouldn't it be w-a-m and i'm like um, well, you're listening to the edited version, and like I had to have like a whole conversation with another adult about this. And so I got home, and I'm like venting about the fact that I had to educate my coworker. Yeah, to
2: educate me. And then I
1: had to educate back because he had no idea. So I just played the video, and he's just like, "What is happening?" <laughs> 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 also, I need Andrew Lloyd Webber to learn how to play something besides Family Opera because it's exactly what it's
2: like. <laughs> I mean, it was. I mean, it had to be Family oh, Opera. Oh my god!
1: andrew lloyd Webber, you are old let go let god retire get off tiktok take a nap
2: <laughs> jesus and his
1: yeah like just just live your life off the internet go home light a candelabra and take a nap like i don't know like <laughs> mostly i'm upset that andrew lloyd weber is on tiktok like that's really where i'm irritated
0: what? yeah yeah like <laughs> i thought that like I was too old for TikTok. And then here's Andrew Lloyd Webber proving me wrong. And I'm like, I, but I still don't understand it. I don't get it.
1: I mean, I guess what else does he have to do with his time? Yeah,
0: true. man. What's that music I'll never forgive
1: him for.
0: Which one? Waffles and Pancakes? School
1: of Rock! There it is. <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> Wait, what? what did you say?
1: School of Rock.
0: Oh, he did School of Rock? Yes. I didn't know that
1: because it's trash and
0: it doesn't make sense
2: in his repertoire but yes Mm -hmm. you'll learn something new every day
0: all right so that's going to be all the time that we have for this episode of weird aging podcasters um we'll be back (laughs) we'll be back next week uh but in the meantime follow us on facebook twitter and instagram uh, and let us know any cool stuff we're missing out on any questions comments or concerns shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope to see you next time. Everybody, say bye.
1: bye. Bye!